This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. We are back here for another uh, kick at the can of the Employment Hour. Just joining us for the first time, we talk about your workplace rights and all the stuff that is under the umbrella of, what, 1,800 hours a year you spend in the office on average, the average uh, Canadian member of the workplace in this country. We work a lot. we got to know our rights. you got to have it straight. You don't want to get into trouble. And this show is here uh, to set you straight and keep you on the straight and narrow when it comes to your employment rights, uh, be that with uh, severance, harassment, your boss, maybe you're an employer, and you need to uh, to brush up your knowledge. We are here to answer your questions as we are every afternoon. The number, of course, lines wide open, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to uh, call in over the next hour talk to Lior, answer your questions, get some knowledge in your head, and uh, and learn a little more about the workplace and the laws that govern uh, common law as well, especially. Lior, we'll get to a lot of stuff here tonight, um, reasons why you can, can't let go, we'll get to some emails, and we always start off with a great segment called Week That Was, you telling us a little bit of some things that have been happening in your uh, in your office here in Vancouver over the last, uh, last week or so. What's going on with you, pal? Well, John, the, the reason why we always get to a lot of stuff is because this is such a large, broad topic, employment yeah. law, workplace rights. There's so many things that fall under that umbrella. And, you know, anything from your boss mistreating you to l- you losing your job to maybe you not getting a promotion or, or wanting to, to know what to do if you want to get a promotion, all of those and much, much more falls under the rubric of employment law. We try to address as many of those things as possible every week. So if you're sitting there with a problem, a question, a concern about your job, you know, something didn't go right last week and you want to know what your rights are or sh- if you should do something about your situation, call us right now on the show. Let's talk about that. Let's answer some of those questions and solve those problems. And of course, if you don't want to call the show because you want to just have a, a personal private discussion, then uh, reach out to me at the office, call me or email. We'll give you that information plenty of times throughout the show today and uh, happy to answer those questions. So don't be bashful. Uh, it, it really is here. We're here to answer questions and, and hopefully help out. So take advantage. And the week that was, as John said, a couple of cases that came across my desk uh, right here right here in Vancouver over the past couple of weeks. Uh, first uh, case uh, talk, uh, I'll talk about involved uh, a mom uh, who uh, got probably the news uh, news that every parent would uh, would dread. She found out that her son, young son, was diagnosed with a very serious medical condition. Uh, she's a single mom, and because of that, it really became up to her to care for him. And part of the treatment that he needed is twice a week, uh, he needed to go get particular treatment at a clinic. Uh, so she talked to her employer and she asked for those two weeks to work from home because that way she could do her work from home. As soon as she's done, she's right there. She can take her son uh, to, to get the treatment rather than have to drive. And by the time she gets there, it's too late. Uh, and she thought it wasn't that unreasonable. She, the type of job that she was doing, she was able to do at home. She's in front of a computer mm-hmm. all day. So whether she's in a computer in the office or home, it's not a problem. Uh, well, unfortunately, the employer said, well, let, let us think about it for a couple of days. After a couple of days company said, no, can't do that. It would be unfair to everyone else because everyone has to work in the office. So because of that, uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna say no to your uh, uh, request. She was extremely upset and she ended up calling me and, and literally in tears wanting to know, what do I do now? I can't afford to quit my job because I need to support my uh, myself and my son. Uh, my son is sick. What, what happens now? Well, here's the thing, John. Her employer was absolutely wrong to say, no, they're not going to allow her to work right. from home. 
they were wrong morally, but forget about that. They were wrong legally because an employer has to accommodate what we call family status. In other words, if you have a, a pressing and urgent and important family obligation, and the only way that obligation could be met is with your employer accommodating you, then that employer is required to accommodate. That's under our human rights legislation. They have to. It's not a choice. In this situation, she had to care for her son to, to go and take him to get treatment. Her employer should have accommodated. Even though it's, quote-unquote, not fair to the other employees, it yeah. is what it is. That's silly. Hopefully, they're never in that situation uh, where they have to, uh, to care for a sick uh, child. So that employer was violating human rights laws. So what I told her is, I'm going to write the employer a nice letter. I'm going to remind them very nicely of their obligation, and trust me, John, they'll accommodate her. And I wanted to bring this up here because this is not such an unusual, unusual situation. You may find yourself in a situation where, where something unexpected ha- happens. You know, you have a, a child or a parent that needs care. You need to be uh, away from work for a period of time, or you need to have some flexibility with your working hours to do that. Well, your employer has to accommodate. And if they don't, that's a human rights violation. Uh, there, there's several legal avenues available to, to make them do what they're required to do. So remember, family is, is important, and the law recognizes that in some situations, your employer has to accommodate those family obligations. You know, sometimes I've, I've, I've heard you... Uh you know, have to take cases and work on behalf of an employee against an employer. And you're like, man, you just, it's the law. They weren't aware. You hate to do it. But this one, it's like, you were going to take pleasure in this. I'm sorry. What kind of workplace could you imagine in that woman's situation where, uh, you know, a couple weeks and they won't accommodate legally? Like yeah. you said, human rights. Now they got no choice, man. Now they have no choice. But it, you're right. It shouldn't yeah. have come to that. You know, the no. decent thing, forget the legal thing. The right. decent thing would have been to say, yes, absolutely. Well, it yeah. is what it is. I, I, I may not be able to make them better people. But I'll definitely be able to make them comply with the law. You bet. What else? Uh, what else you got going on there today? So I spoke with a, a gentleman who had been off work for close to two years on a, on a disability leave. Uh, been uh, you know sick and, and, and struggled with his health. Uh, but for, finally, after right around two years of being off, uh, his uh, doctor told told him, "I think you're ready to come back to work on on a modified basis. So we're going to start you off." The doctor says, "I'd like you to start off with some uh, modified duties and and not full time, and gradually." build up back to what you did before. So sure. he was very happy. Obviously, it was a long haul for him, two years. Contacted his employer and said, you know, I'm ready to come back to work. Got a note from the employer saying, well, we don't have a job for you right now, but hopefully one will open up in the future. And if uh, that actually happens, at that point, you can come back to work. So so sit tight and wait, and we'll, we'll update you as things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very, very open-ended that way. He called me and he wanted to know if they can do that and how long does he have to sit at home waiting? Well, the answer to that question is not at all. If his employer doesn't have a job, legitimately doesn't have, they've tried to find a job, they they absolutely cannot find a job despite their best efforts, then that becomes a termination. Okay, now they have to pay severance. They're not allowed to keep him in limbo in that, okay, well, you'll just sit and wait, and maybe in a year's time, if something opens, we'll let you know. It doesn't work that way. Now, if they didn't even try to find him another job, they just said, ah, we don't want to even look at you, you've been gone for too long. Well, at that point, that's actually a human rights violation as well, so that's that's an even bigger problem. 
But your employer can't keep you in limbo just because you've been off work and now there's no job for you. If they're if they can't take you back, they have to pay your full severance. There's, they don't get a discount. And the time that you've been off disability counts towards that severance. And for this gentleman, I assessed him as being owed right around a year's pay. So I'm going to help him get that. Uh, he now doesn't just have to sit at home not getting paid, hoping and, and uh, waiting for them to, uh, to call him back. He can get a severance and move on. You know, that's an interesting point you made at the end there that I bet you a lot of employers don't realize you have an employee that's been out the door on a disability for two years. Now it's come to the point where they have to pay severance. A lot of them aren't going to realize that that two years counts, as you said, since they've been off, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like yeah. this gentleman, he had been working for eight years now, what was offered too. So he's now a 10 year employee, right. even though he didn't work for the last two years. The time that you spend on a disability leave, or by the way, it could be another leave, it could be maternity leave, that time yep. counts towards your service. And that's especially important when it comes to calculating severance, because obviously the longer you've worked, the longer service you have, the more severance is owed to you. Well, you said it, calculating severance. Give us some details uh, since I did mention off the beginning the severance pay calculator. Well, I, I probably the most common question that I get is what am I owed is, and is my severance appropriate? So I, I wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to get that information so that there's no excuse, so that no one ever has to take accept less than what they wrote. So I created severancepaycalculator.com. Again, if you haven't heard from uh, of it before, it's severancepaycalculator.com. And it's a tool, it's a website that allows anyone to find out in seconds how much they're actually owed. It's completely free. There's no strings attached. It's just there to provide information. Once you're there, you're going to be asked a couple of questions about your job, your age, and the length of your employment. And then you find out, that's it, whether you're owed 16 months, 24 months, or anything else. And you can compare that with what you've been offered and see, oh, wait a second, it's not appropriate. I'm owed more. Now I know I can do something about it. Or maybe you haven't lost your job. You're just curious. You want to know what would happen if, if something uh, took place at work. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And on that, we'll take our uh, first short break of the show here. We're going to get back into you can't be left go from your jog if if these things take place. We'll get to that in detail, your emails as well. And phone calls, lines wide open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour. It's right here on CKNW. You bet. We are right back at it. Uh, contact as well as just mentioned, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior, a member of the uh, the team, or help at employmenthour.com. And the phone line's here on the station up until uh, till 5 o'clock today. You want to call through and ask your questions about uh, employment, your job, maybe for a family or a friend or anybody, randomly. Just give us a call and uh, and have a chat with us, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can't be let go from your job if. Where did this one come come from because we haven't done this in a long time yeah you know it, it came big because i wanted you to clarify something that we talk about on the show we always say that generally an employer can is allowed to let you go at any time and pretty much for any reason as long as they pay you severance and for most people that is the case your employer if the employer lets you go even if you haven't done anything wrong they have to pay you severance and it may not be right that they let you go it may not be nice that they let you go but they can do that but there are some situations that irrespective of severance, regardless of how much severance you yep. actually got, it's illegal to let you go. So we want to talk about those situations where if you've been let go, you got to say, wait a second, that's wrong, that's illegal. So we'll talk about those situations and we'll talk about what to do if that actually happens to you. 
And as we get through this list, if any of these uh, ring familiar or you just have more questions about any of these talking points, feel free to, uh, to call through in the show here and get them answered. First one, can't be let go of your job if you cannot be let go for discriminatory reasons. That's right. And, and that, that's yeah. the big one. Uh, you cannot be let go for discriminatory reasons. You cannot let go if it's discrimination. Now, remember, discrimination doesn't mean that someone likes someone else better than you. That's not necessarily enough. So if your employer says, well, I'm going to hire my cousin, so I'm going to let you go. Well, that's not nice. That's not fair. But it's also not discrimination. Discrimination is a situation where you're uh, being fired or, or mistreated because of your age or your ethnicity or your medical condition uh, or your sexual orientation, etc. That's discrimination. So you cannot be let go because you're of a certain age or you cannot be let go because of your place of birth. That is illegal. doesn't matter how much severance uh, you may get paid. You cannot be let go. That's a violation of our human rights laws. That's probably one of the most basic rights that employees have is not to be discriminated against. Applies to maternity leave, applies in many of those situations. So if you've been let go, not only, of course, you're out severance. That, that applies across the board. Mm-hmm. But you also may be entitled to human rights damages. So you can pursue this as a human rights matter as well. So no employee should ever, ever be let go for discriminatory reasons, even if they get a lot of severance. You know, the basis of this whole show is your workplace rights, and there's another one. You can't be let go for trying to enforce those workplace rights in the workplace, right? Absolutely. That is the key uh, key thing you, you have to remember. You may feel you're owed something over time. You may feel you're owed vacation, right. but you may feel that uh, someone discriminated or harassed you. And what do you do? You do the right thing, which is you go talk to your boss. You go, you do, you go talk to the owner of the company, to HR, whoever it is, and say, well, I didn't get my overtime. Uh, I need you to please take care of this harassment, whatever it is. What they cannot do in that situation, what your employer is not allowed to do, is to let you go because of it. You always have the right to know uh, that you can bring forward complaints, you can pursue your legal rights, you can ask questions, you can demand payment, and you cannot be fired for it. Even if they pay you severance, it's still illegal to punish someone for pursuing their legal rights. We often refer to that as a reprisal. So if you've been let go because you you've complained about workplace harassment, that's a that's a big one, or because you were concerned about uh, health and safety in the workplace, again, you cannot be let go. It's illegal. There could be fines and penalties and damages that the company would have to pay if they did that. So that goes over and above the severance. So you should always feel comfortable to pursue your rights. You should always feel comfortable to ask questions about those. And if your employer tries to punish you in any way, Pick up the phone, call me, email me, because what they've done just there is illegal. And that goes as far, I'm assuming, that if you if you if you bring something to your boss or supervisor, you know, harassment charge or something you're suspect of, and even if it goes all the way and it's, it it turns out to be unfounded, just because you brought it up and it didn't happen, you still cannot get fired for it. Absolutely. And a lot of people ask me that. They say, well, you know, right. I'm afraid that if I bring up this harassment issue, what if ultimately they find that, that, that I wasn't harassed or that I can't prove it? Uh, can I be punished then? And is that going to come back to, to haunt me? The answer right. is no, absolutely not. You cannot be punished, even if ultimately you're wrong. Even if ultimately you can't prove what you've alleged, it's still uh, the law that they cannot punish you. You have that right to pursue it. Wrong or right, you cannot be fired for pursuing your rights. 
plenty of time left on this show today, and the phone line's wide open as well for you, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you have a question or comment about what we've talked about uh, thus far, we're talking about times you cannot be let go from your job. Uh, if you complain about workplace harassment, we covered that. You cannot be let go for any reason related to oh, the big one. We talk about this. We could talk about this every show, pregnancy or parental leave, right? Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that one uh, separately because yeah. Yeah, this is really a situation where the law doesn't have any sense of humor, okay? <sighs> there, there's no leeway here. There's no, well, no. kind of maybe. No, you cannot be let go because you're, you're taking pregnancy leave, parental leave, because you've, you are pregnant. Uh, none of those reasons. It's illegal. It is a human rights violation. It's also a violation of the Employment Standards Act. It's illegal. You cannot do that. Not only can you not be fired, the law makes it very clear that you have to be hired, brought back ba- after your maternity leave to the same job, same pay. If there was a pay raise in the meantime that everyone got, you should be getting that pay raise. You should be made whole. You cannot be fired in any way. So this is you know, be a violation of at least two statutes, potentially more. Uh, so if you're a mother or, for that matter, a father, taking a leave, a parental leave, because you've had a child. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, know that you cannot be let go in any way, shape, or form. Uh, And of course, you can't be punished. You can't be demoted. You can't be disciplined uh, as an excuse. None of that can happen. You have this shield of protection around you. And as I said, the law is going to look very, very uh, seriously at an employer that breaches those uh, those obligations. You know, we've had uh, over the last you know years of doing the show, we've had plenty of phone calls. I know we've had phone calls at the office, emails as well, but people phoning saying, you know what, I was just like go. I was either coming back from a mat leave or heading out on one. And they're telling me it has nothing to do with the mat leave. That really, really smells fishy sometimes. How do, they, how do you go about proving that or can you? Yeah, you know, and, and here's the thing. Uh, it, sometimes it's difficult to prove but right. the, the way our laws have actually worked is that if an employer lets someone go while they're on maternity leave, even if, even if they say there's no, uh, there's no connection, it's completely unrelated, mm-hmm. it becomes the employer's obligation to prove it. Okay? They have ah. to, there's almost an assumption, okay, that, that you're being let go because of that medical, uh, because of the maternity leave. And if it's not the case, the employer has to prove it. They have to show why the decision had nothing to do with it, why there was a bigger restructuring, why the position was just eliminated without any connection to the maternity leave. And if the employer can't prove it, then it's going to be a human rights violation. It's going to be illegal. So don't be too concerned about that. If you're out there and you're you're being let go, how do I prove? Don't be concerned about how do you prove that you were let go because of the maternity leave. It's actually going to be the company that's going to have to prove what they did. Uh, so uh, by all means, if it looks bad, if it smells bad, there's probably something else going on. Listen, if you're one of 50 people that just were let go because there was a massive restructuring, right. well, it's going to be difficult to say that uh, you know, you're, you're let go because of your maternity leave. But if you're the only person and the, the company is still doing there and your job still exists, well, guess what? That's not likely to be legitimate. That's likely to be illegal. Call me if that ever happens. What do you do or what does the employer do if while you're off on a maternity or paternity leave, the person who they had filling in for you happens to be a much better worker <laughs> and they want to keep that person, can they? Well, the uh, the, the short answer, John, is uh, too bad. It literally, right. <laughs> that, that that's what the law says. You cannot make the decision to keep the replacement when it comes to maternity wow. leave or, or parental leaves generally. You cannot. So maybe the company brought someone in and they realize, oh, you know what, we want to keep this person. Well, again, too bad because you have an act of obligation. 
to bring back the person from a parental leave. And it's one thing to say, okay, I'll just have two people doing this job now, fine, as long as you're paying the person the same, the one that uh, went on parental leave, but you right. cannot decide to let the person go on parental leave, keep the replacement, again, that's illegal, human rights violation, potentially uh, Employment Standards Act violation, uh, wrongful dismissal, you name it, wrong, can't do it. We'll get to one more here before we break and get on to some phone calls that you cannot be let go because you are sick and cannot work. Yeah, again, I wanted to talk about this separately. And just because yeah. you're not able to work doesn't mean you can be let go. In fact, the opposite is true. You're sick. You're allowed to be off work, whether it's a day, a week, a month, a year, or longer. And your employer cannot let you go because you're sick, because you're off work for a medical condition. Now, at some point, if you've been off a very long time, usually that's measured in years, and if there's no real chance of you ever coming back, the employer may be able to terminate. We call that a frustration of contract. But generally speaking, if you're off on a medical leave, you can be on a medical leave. You can stay on the medical leave as long as you need to. You cannot be let go because of it. Again, human rights violation. Your job, your things to worry about when you're on a medical leave is simply to get better. A few more reasons why you can't be let go for any reason. We'll get to those after a short break and the phone calls as well. Here they come. Bring them on 604-280-9898 or 9898 on sale. Rather, we'll get to more of your phone calls and the show. Employment Hour right here after a little break on CKNW. That sure, uh, that number sure does uh, work. It's wide open. Got some lines happening for you or star 9898 on sale. We'll get back to our discussion of uh, reasons you cannot be let go for any reason. That and uh, non-competition obligations, what that is all about as well. First, want to get to, uh, get to Shay. Hey, Shay, good afternoon. Thanks for, thanks for hanging on. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. What's your concern? So my question is, um, can you be fired, uh, for, expecting to be paid for your lunch as a medic and uh, safety officer the company i work for says that they don't pay for lunch hours when in fact you're not allowed to leave the site and um i have other information that says that you're supposed to be paid because you can't leave so first question uh, is this a unionized position uh no it can okay. be no, I'm just asking if this particular one, yeah. uh, you're part of a union. But So here's the thing. Generally speaking, an employer can uh, does not have to pay for a lunch break, but they do have to pay if you're required to be there and available because yeah. then it's not really free time, right? So okay. so is this a situation where you're required to be present uh, during your lunch break? Yes, because I'm the medic and safety officer. I see. So they should absolutely pay for it. So here's the thing. Uh, number one, they have to pay for it. And number two, you absolutely cannot be fired because you want to be paid for it. So one of the things you could do here is if they will refuse, uh, you can go to the uh, Employment Standards Branch. You can call me. Uh, maybe a letter could could fix the problem. But yeah, certainly it sounds like you're owed the, the, the payment and potentially you could go back for a while to, to recover it, potentially as much as two years if, if they haven't paid it. And certainly you cannot be fired for trying to pursue what you're actually legally owed. Yeah, because isn't it like wage theft? Well, it, it, it's unpaid wages, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly what it is, and that's pretty basic. So a letter could do it, a letter from me, or otherwise you can file a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch. But beyond that, yeah, you're, you're owed money. And are you concerned that they're actually going to let you go? Well, yeah. I mean, because when I said something about it, and I even sent them some information I saw online, I was told that they've never done that, and none of their people in my position get paid. 
Well, then uh, all those people uh, have claims against them, and this uh, employer has a huge liability. Uh, so if you if you want my help to get you and potentially your colleagues paid, call me or email me after the show. Uh, but yeah, you, the sounds of it, you're absolutely owed that money. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm sure you've helped a lot of people out there with that question. You bet. <laughs> that's you. why. Uh, that, that's why we take them, Shay. That number, by the way, to get a hold of Laura, uh, Laura, and please do six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three again six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three and help at employmenthour dot com. She said it right at the end. That's why the phone lines are open, right? That's why we do the shows because people don't know these things and they've got to know them, right? They've got to know them. It's it's so important. It really is. I mean, you know, think about it this way. I mean, I don't know how long she's worked there, but potentially if she could go back to get uh, two years, half hours of pay for going back for two years, that's a lot of money uh, sure. and, and money that she's owed. And if they would even consider to punish her because of that, I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, so that's why workplace rights are important. And I, I, I never want people to make assumptions, number one, that they know what their legal rights are, but number two, that their employer is actually telling it to them the way it is. Maybe right. their employer is telling them what the employer believes to be true, fine, but that doesn't mean that that's what the law says. It's up to you to find out what your legal rights are. That's why we're here on the show, because we want to actually tell you what the law says. This is None of this is an opinion. It's not my opinion. It doesn't really matter what my opinion is. It matters what the law says, and that's what, what this show is all about. So we've got plenty of time for you to, uh, to chime in as well if you so uh, so wish, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on yourselves. We were talking about uh, you cannot be let go from your job back to this category uh, for having a drug or alcohol problem. Yes, and this is important, and it's only important now uh, in light of the uh, recent legalization of marijuana. Yep. You cannot be let go because you have some sort of addiction, whether it's a drug or alcohol addiction. Why? Because an addiction is considered to be a disability. So just like you cannot be let go because you have a bad back, you cannot be let go because you have an addiction, because you're struggling with drug or alcohol problem. So if that happens, if you're in a situation where you're, you're, you're struggling, you're, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're drinking more than you should, or you have uh, problems with your consumption of marijuana, I would actually tell you be honest with your employer. Because if you're not, they may just think your performance is bad. They may just think that you're absent from work because you're not reliable. They may not realize that you're actually struggling with a medical condition. Be honest with your employer. And when you do that, you know that now you have the law's protection. Now that your employer is aware of that, they cannot just say, well, then that's something we don't want here, so we're going to let you go. That's illegal. They can't do that. That's, again, a human rights violation. If they do that, of course, they owe severance, but it's much, much more than that. There's human rights damages here as well. So uh, very important to remember, you cannot be let go because you have a medical condition, and that includes a drug or alcohol dependency uh, and addiction. We'll get to one more of these before we, uh, we move on. That is, you cannot be let go for trying to unionize. That's right, and we haven't talked about that much on the show before, and you know, we can have many debates as to whether it's a good idea or a bad idea to be part of a union, but forget about that. The law says that if you choose that you want to be part of a union, you're taking steps to become unionized, your employer cannot punish you in any way. Now, your employer may not be happy uh, in many situations that, uh, you, that there's employees trying to organize, trying to unionize, but the law is extremely clear here. You cannot be punished. You cannot be let go. You cannot be threatened, demoted, suspended. None of that can happen because you're trying to unionize. You know, 
again, people may like it, people may not like it, but it is a fundamental right that, that every employee has is to explore and to try to get unionized. And if your employer punishes you, uh, then there's going to be significant repercussions here. Uh, very important to remember that. And for employers out there as well, there's a way to talk to employees and explain why, if you don't feel that they should be unionized, why you feel that way and how it's going to impact the business. That is absolutely fine to do and, and you should do that. But what you should not do is try to intimidate the employees, punish them, let them go. Uh, you know, oh, this guy's a union supporter, so we're going to get rid of him, get rid of that bad apple, so to speak. Can't do that. That's illegal. Questions outside of the show, no problem. 604-283-3123. Help at employmenthour.com and always consult the old uh, severance pay at severance pay calculator. That's the tool you want to use to find out what you're really owed before you sign anything. Do not do it. Go there first and then contact uh, Lior. You know, we, we, we often talk about it. Sometimes you have the week that was emails come in. Folks call you and they say, you know, I've got this non-competition clause on my uh on my 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 job on my employment agreement what does it mean uh, wh- what are they and, and how do they work so a non-competition obligation I, i'm sure many people have seen them signed them uh, are yeah. aware of them are terms in an employment agreement or some other document like a policy that you may have signed that essentially says that if you leave the company let go or, or quit you cannot work for a competitor of the the employer you used to work for you cannot work for a competitor and it usually would say uh, for how long? Is it six months, uh, 12 months, two years? And also where? Any competitor in Ontario, in BC, in Canada, in the world. Uh, so uh, th- those that's what a non-competition does. But for many people, that could be a big deal. Because if you've been working in a particular industry your entire career, and then you're working and then you lost the job, if you sign a non-compete that says you can't work in this industry for the next uh, 12 or 18 months, that could be a huge problem because how do you support your family? So we want to bring that up here so that people are aware of their rights and obligations in those situations. How common is it if you were to sit down with 15 you know, employment agreements that people randomly handed to you? How common is it to see it? You know, I've been practicing law for over 15 years, going on 16 now, and pretty much every single year, it's become, in my in my experience, more common. So when I started practicing, I didn't see that very often. I only saw it for very, very senior positions, but not not for most other people. Well, since then, I'm, I'm now see it for most people. So chances are, if you're going to get a new job, sign an employment agreement, uh, even if you're not necessarily a senior employee, you may have a non-competition obligation there. So you have to be very careful, and you have to pay attention to it, because the time to think about leaving your job, believe it or not, is when you start your job. You yeah. want to make sure you understand that if you do leave, whether it's voluntarily or not, that you're not going to have your your, uh, uh, your your career affected, that you're not going to have uh, your hands tied, that you can't do your work, you can't support your family. So be smart and think about those things when you accept the job and you're asked to sign a non-competition obligation. The most important question when it comes to those, I will ask... After a short break, we'll take a uh, take a little one, get uh, ready for more of your phone calls. We have open lines. You want to call through, ask Lior some questions, make some comments. We'd love to hear from you in the last, uh, f- well, a few minutes of the show anyway, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on yourself. The Employment Hour continues right here, CKNW. Yeah, you still got some more time to call in. Star 9898 on sale is also an option. Email is help at employmenthour.com if you want to ask something in, in confidence when the uh, the show is not on. We're talking about non-competition obligations. And yeah, like I said before we went to break, you know, the most important question is, are non-competes actually enforceable? 
That is the the question. That is literally where the money is. And and yeah. are they enforceable? So you sign a non-competition obligation. Is it enforceable? Well, let me answer it. And I'm going to be very clear and unequivocal here. For most people, they're not enforceable. Okay? Yeah, you, you've heard me say it. They're not enforceable for most people. They're not enforceable for most people because our court said that we don't like things that prevent in individuals from working, from earning sure. a living. We don't like it. So that's what a non-competition does. It prevents you from working. So the court said for most people, it's not enforceable. Who is it going to be enforceable for? Well, it's going to be enforceable for senior managers, for the most part, fiduciaries, people with extremely important roles in the company, where if those people went to work for a competitor, it will be a huge, huge problem for their former employer. Sure. So you, you're listening to us right now, and you may think, okay, well, I just heard Lior say it's not enforceable. I signed a non-competition agreement, but now I know I can ignore it because Lior said, hey, don't worry about it. Well, not so fast, okay? Let's actually think about this. The real question is not, is it enforceable? The real question is whether your former employer is going to try to enforce it. Right. That's the real question. Because if your former employer is going to try to enforce it, then guess what? They'll probably take legal action against you. They'll sue you. And they'll probably also sue the new company that you work for. And, you know, a year and a half later and $100,000 in legal fees later, you're going to win that fight. But that's going to be a pretty nasty, long, expensive fight and not a really uh, happy victory. So the problem is that you actually may still get in legal trouble if you ignore a non-competition obligation. And why would that happen if it's not enforceable? Because your former employer may want to make a, an example out of you. They may want to show yeah. their other employees what happens if, in fact, you go and work for a competitor. So my advice is this, and I say this about non-competition obligations. I say this about a lot of things. So it's this. If you sign it, you have to be prepared to live with it. You can't just ignore it. You can't ever say, well, I'll sign it because it's unenforceable. If you do that, you're taking a huge risk. If you do that, you're just inviting the company to sue you. So we take non-competition obligations seriously. And if you've been offered a job and it has a restrictive non-competition obligation, if you don't think you'll ever be able to live with it and you can't negotiate it out, well, you're taking a risk. You may not want to accept the job because then that got, you know, if you down the road you let go, you're going to have to abide by it and if not, you're going to take a big risk. You could get it. You mentioned, uh, you know, back there as well if uh, you know, you decide to ignore it and the company comes after you and they sue you, they take legal action and, you know, it becomes a burden on your new employer. I imagine that would get you even more hot water if you didn't even tell your new employer that you didn't that you had this non-compete. They're like, hey, well, you know, thanks for telling us. Now we're getting sued. Absolutely right. So what flows from that is if you did sign a non-competition obligation, but you're going to chance it, you're going to still go work for a competitor. Well, my best advice at that point is tell the new company. Make sure they're aware, because if you don't tell them and they find out later, they will fire you. Okay, very likely. And they probably have cause to fire you in that situation because you put them uh, in the middle of this uh, when they, they didn't know about it. So yeah. you're taking a big risk. Be honest with your new employer. Many times the company may say, you know what, we want you so bad that we'll take that chance. We'll take that risk because it's probably not going to be enforceable anyway. Be honest with the new company. If you don't, you can make a bad situation even much worse. Still got some time to uh, slide in a phone call if you uh, you desire, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, talking about non-competes. So you get an employee, they've signed a non-compete term that uh, you say is very common now on uh, unemployment agreements. 
they want to leave their company, join a competitor, which we talked about. How do they go about doing it? Well, the best thing you could do is if you're going to have a non-compete and you're going to say, well, I still want to go work for a competitor, is talk to your employer. Tell them that you're, you you want to do this. Tell them that you're, you're not going to take their clients. You're not going to steal their secrets. You're not going to reveal confidential information. You just want to be able to go work for this other company. Most decent people, decent employers will say that's fine. As long as we agree that you're not gonna you're not gonna interfere with our business, you're not gonna try to hurt us, then we're we're fine with you working there, and that's the best way to do it. To be honest, because if you're not honest, and if your employer doesn't know that you're gonna work for a competitor, and they find out later, they'll assume that you're trying to hurt them. They'll assume that you're trying to steal stuff from them. Then they'll sue first and ask uh, questions later. So be honest with your employer. Tell them what you want to do. Uh, and if you're not sure how to do that, if you're uh, concerned, if you're if you're in the middle of a lawsuit from your former employer, you really have to reach out to me. You can't delay. You can't uh, uh, sit on the uh, on the on the fence in terms of what you have to do. You got to reach out to me as soon as possible. The flip side to that question is, what do employers do if they want to protect themselves from losing employees? Well, you know what I would uh, tell employers is. Don't use a non-competition obligation just for anyone. You know, if you're having someone work on the uh, in, in the factory and the assembly line operating a machine, come on, are you really going to use a non-competition? Are you really going to expect them not to go work for someone else? That's ridiculous. And, and as silly as that sounds, I've seen it happen many times. Only use non-competition obligations for your senior people, for your executives, for people that uh, have a role in directing the business. You know your your VPs, your uh, uh, district managers, those guys. Uh, use non competes for them. For the other employees, what you want to have is non solicitation obligations. Right. So have a terminal agreement that says if you leave, you can't take our clients. If you leave, you can't try to convince other employees to leave. And uh, confidentiality obligations. If you leave, you can't reveal confidential information. As long as you have non-solicitation and confidentiality, you've protected yourself as the employer. You don't actually need a non-competition obligation. If you still use a non-competition obligation, be reasonable with it. Don't say you can't work for two years, six months, eight months, nine months. Uh, be reasonable because the more reasonable you are, the more likely it is that a court would try to enforce it. Now, as opposed to the non-compete clause, a non-solicitation, that sucker, that that is enforceable, Yes. Yes. A non-solicitation clause usually says that if you leave, you can't go after our customers or you right. can't go after our employees or our suppliers. That is enforceable. For most people, that is enforceable. And if you sign that, you have to abide by it. Uh, right. The law is going to hold you to that. Unlike a non-competition obligation, which where ultimately, for most people, the court's going to not enforce it, a court will enforce a non-solicitation obligation, so you have to be careful. You can't mess with that at all. Uh, if you sign something that prevents you from soliciting for 12 months or two years, my advice is is do what you've agreed to do. Email is help at employmenthour.com. We'll bounce over to one from Jordan here. It says that my boss keeps threatening me that I'm going to be fired. I also have emails from him saying that I am on the chopping block, quote-unquote. This, uh, this stresses me out beyond belief, Leroy. What can I do? Well, yeah, of course it does. It, w it would me too, and I'm sure pretty much anyone. If you've yeah. been told regularly you're going to be fired, you're going to be losing your job, that's not a way to work. But here's the thing, John. If that's what his employer is telling him, and they're doing that regularly, and he can show that, that in itself is a constructive dismissal because what the employer is doing there is they're creating this uncomfortable environment, this poisoned work environment. 
and it makes it difficult, uncomfortable, and impossible for an employee to continue working in that situation. So if your employer really wants you to be gone and they keep telling you that, give them what they want. You can treat that as a constructive dismissal and get your severance. So rather than keep going to work and then wonder if the ax is going to fall today, if they're going to make more threats, is it going to be my last day? No, you don't have to put up with that. You don't have to take that. You, you have a right to work in a supportive work environment, uh, in a healthy work environment. And if that work environment becomes threatening, uh, unsupportive, poisoned, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Say enough is enough. Even though you haven't fired me, I'm going to treat that as if you have, and I'm going to make you pay me my full severance. And that's what I think Jordan should do here, rather than continue in that in that a very uncomfortable situation. Patrick writes in says, yeah, "I was recruited by a very large company from a job I had for many years. I was just let go ten months after I started because they say I wasn't a good fit. How much severance am I owed in this case?" That's a very, very uh, unfortunate situation. You have a job, yeah. someone comes to you and convinces you to leave, and you're thinking, great, this is going to be a good opportunity. They're making me all these big promises. You leave, and then you lose that job, and then you're like, holy cow, what do I do now? I just lost the other one, uh, and uh, and what happens now? Well, if you're re- induced, we call this inducement, if you're induced or recruited away from another job, in most cases, if you lose that, that second job quickly, you're owed enhanced severance that recognizes your previous service. So even though you only work for the company for 10 months, he may be an employee with much more years of service for the purpose of calculating severance because he was recruited away. So remember, as a rule, if you've been recruited from another job and then in the first couple of years you were let go, you're owed enhanced severance that recognizes your service with the other job. Be very careful. Don't sign a severance agreement without talking to me in that situation. The difference could be literally huge. Always talk to you first. That'll do it for uh, another week, my friend. I'll get a hold of Lior and the team, 604-283-3123, help at employmenthour.com, and always check first, severancepaycalculator.com before you sign anything. Do not do it. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.